Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on this program that comes your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and then we have a special edition on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com, and then the podcasts are available to you via SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations on the Internet. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. Uh, you can see yours truly and my guest as we talk about whatever it is we talk about. So please subscribe as well. Uh, as of this program, uh, the podcast listen for uh, the total duration since one one eighteen. 82,600 listens, folks. That is just, uh, and again, I've said this before. I have no idea what that number means. All I know is it keeps going up. And over the last 12 months, it's more than double of the 82,000. So it's actually 48,000 in the last 12 months. So, man, thank you so much for those who are subscribing as well as just listening. You don't have to subscribe. But when you do subscribe to either the SoundCloud or other podcast sites, or you go to YouTube where you can watch these interviews, where I have 67 subscribers, um, hey, you're going to be notified. Ah, new interviews up. And on this particular week uh, of doing these interviews and these programs, I've actually, uh, I will actually do, I think, seven interviews this week alone. Uh, and so um, I'm, I'm excited about that uh, from the standpoint of having the kinds of conversations that we have about the subject matter that our guests bring to the table. I also want you to participate, if you would like, all right, in the Decade of Perfect Vision, where we ask you to go within, spend time lis uh, listening to the still, small voice. In On one program, we refer to it as your prayer closet, which you can do that as well. You can meditate. You can just sit quietly and listen to nature around you if you're able to do so. Find a park that's maybe large. We had one called Encanto Park in in Phoenix, and you could go into that park. It's not, it wasn't quite like Central Park in New York, but you could go in and you'd get away from the traffic and, and you could hear the kids playing and you could hear the birds and all of this kind of stuff. Spend time doing that. <clears throat> and also, if you'd like to support the work that we're doing, this resonates with you and you'd like to become a part of uh, what we're trying to do in terms of changing the world, <clears throat> and we don't have a specific agenda. We just... We just want to make it equitable for everybody. And the bottom line is it's not now. And we've had these various institutions and systems in play for decades, for centuries. And look where the majority of people are today. And, and, and it disgusts me when I hear commentators on the news uh, refer to different parts of this country or other parts of the world as blank holes or uh, 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 hell holes or those kinds of things. They're human beings that live there, and they're doing the best that they can. Are you going in there and helping to make it less of a, what you call a hellhole? Then shut up. <laughs> I mean, you have a right to say what you want, but it doesn't make any sense to, to, to complain about these other parts of the world and then say, oh, and because we got it so great. Well, what are we doing is so great to help them to be better, you know? And uh, how are we supporting them? So let's support each other. Uh, if you'd like to support the work we're doing, I'm, I, I apologize in one sense for getting on the rant because that's not what the program's about. But it's still 
<clears throat> something that we need to take a look at. Uh, we have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours, and we hope that uh, you can support us financially. Uh, we have a link on the homepage of richarddugan.com where you can click on the PayPal link and it'll take you there and you can support us in whatever way you're able to do so. And we are not picky. As, uh, even though cash is great, we will take energetic support as well. So whatever you can do, however you can uh, uh, encourage us and support us in these uh, new paradigms and giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. I hope you'll do that. You know, folks, that our program today is going to be very, very interesting because it touches on an area that I'm going to say it's probably the most difficult thing to do in the life of a human. And no, it has nothing to do with death and taxes. Uh, <laughs> what it has to do with is divine trust. We talk about this all the time. We talk about trusting that still small voice, which I believe is the divine. All right. We're going to talk about that with our very special guest here on the program today. We're sure glad that she's with us. Dr. Nancy uh, Dr. Dancy Wiley, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. It's it's a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, Richard, it's so great to be here. As I told you earlier, um, yeah, what you're doing is so fantastic for the planet. I just feel it to my core. And when I heard the topic of your show, it's the new paradigm and tell me your story. Wow. We're in a new paradigm. We are going through it right now. Mm -hmm. And this is the call that's in each one of us. So I'm glad I'm here to talk to you about this. Well, I'll tell you that <clears throat> I remember when I was discussing this with a dear friend of mine. He is actually one of my good friends I've known for probably 25, 30 years doing, uh, as part of this program, David Hawthorne. He's a Vedic astrologer. And he says, Richard, you need to be doing a program uh, that, that focuses on the spiritual and metaphysical aspects and so on and so forth. Uh, yes, you could do programs on the material stuff, politics and religion and education. You could do all of that stuff, kind of like public affairs on some stations, you know. Mm -hmm. But and because, you know, you do great, but that's not where your, your strong suit is. <clears throat> and I said, okay. Well, my wife and I went to Ireland and we bought this CD. Um, and on that CD was a song by uh, an Irish uh, female singer. Her name was Mary Black. And we're listening to this song and it is the song we use as our theme. And I thought that was the title of the song. <laughs> Turns out the song is called Flesh and Blood. Uh, tell me your story. I'll do my best to understand. We're flesh and blood. We're flesh and blood. And so that's kind of how it came about. And then I thought about, well, gee, you know, okay, that's not saying a whole lot. Although, yeah, tell me your story. New paradigms for a new world. And I even thought maybe we should call it that. New paradigms for a new world. But I liked it better the other way with the title uh, as is and the subtitle, as well as uh, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices mm -hmm. to help make their dreams come true. Mm -hmm. And then we're looking for those new ways of living because the old ways, they don't work. All you have to do is look around you. We have got <clears throat> all kinds of, of issues that people are facing. Some people are getting stuck in the material matrix, shall we call it. Okay. Now, I can't remember which pill you're supposed to take, the blue or the red, okay? <laughs> uh, but all I know is <clears throat> there's something more than this material world. And you talk about in your book 
which again is, of course, folks, called Divine Trust, A Practical Guide to End Suffering and Find Your Way Home. I like that last part. Find mm-hmm. your way home. Uh, let's start with defining terms, as I love to do on this program. What is your definition, Dr. <clears throat> Dr. Nancy Wiley? What is your definition of divine? Divine trust? Divine trust. Just, just divine. Oh, the divine. divine. What, what is your definition of the divine? My definition of the divine is the energy source that's hosting all of everything. It's in us. It's outside of us. It's in your desk. It's in your camera. It's in the sky. It's in your dog. It's in your children. It's in all humans. It's an energy that's there. But if you know this energy and you go in and you you actually have a one-on-one relationship, you see that it's loving and supporting and kind and generous and warm and all it's all benevolent and it's all here for you and it wants you to be all that you can be. It's delicious. Let's talk also about home. Mm-hmm. In the context of your book, what is and or where is home? Home is your connection. So I believe each one of us has within us, in our heart, a calling home. Every single human has it on it. They have this calling that they want to be more, do more. There's something more to just flesh and body. So that is calling us home. And that's the divinity. And it's actually the purpose of why we're here. What I believe, what I've seen to come as my truth is this energy wanted to experience itself. So it caused the big bang, which caused matter to expand and then contract into planets and then the earth and then human beings. And so we're actually the divinity living through us, but so is everything else. But Mm -hmm. what makes humans different? Maybe, you know, I always say, are the dolphins and the whales aware? Maybe they are. We know we can form a connection with this source and we can know that we are this source. And that's what makes us special and the divine. The divine is working through us to know itself. Remember, there was one energy. It goes right along with the Bible and the big bang and science. Quantum physics, everything all is unified within my book and the way I explain it in my reality. So we we actually take form and we're the divinity working through us. So I always say, well, why, why don't we know it? Why wouldn't we? So the whole point is that waking up to the truth that that is exactly what we are. And as we wake up, we have those little glimpses or I call them snapback or aha moments that's the divinity, the divine knowing itself and how amazing it was. It doesn't have a body. It has a body through us and we're its hands and eyes and mouth and expression of way we can wake up. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the pain. That's the beauty of suffering because when you suffer, you have this, like, I don't want to suffer. I want the antidote. What's the antidote? Finding your way home. But I feel like you have to have a guide and your platform helps to get this information out before it was just like one person taught another person taught another person. Now it's like one person teaches a thousand who teaches a million who teaches a billion. And that's the massive shift in the paradigm and in humanity that's happening right now, right now. And you're part of it, and I'm part of it. And so is everybody else who's listening and hearing this resonance that's going through me. 
Divine Trust, a practical guide to end suffering and find your way home by Dr. Nancy Wiley here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I have to say that talking about Divine Trust, that's a huge, huge subject, but it's it's the core. It's the key. Uh, you know, the only thing they say, they say, the only thing that is inevitable in this life is death and taxes. Uh, and that, um, you know, we have all of these different milestones as we grow up uh, throughout our lives. Um, but one of the biggest milestones that we can sort of, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of how to put this. It's not a finish line, but at least it's a it's a crossing point. It's a, a, a choice point, I guess is what you'd call it, is finding the divine in one's life. And we like to refer to it, of course, as listening to the still small voice in that quiet, peaceful inner life that we have. And we can begin the process of being guided. Now, <clears throat> one of the things I find so fascinating in the, in the material matrix is that the different philosophies, specifically Christianity, which is what I was born and raised into, Catholicism, and I've experienced a lot of other uh, uh, philosophies as well, uh, Judaism, Mormonism, um, the Baha'i faith, uh, learning more about Islam, uh, 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 Zen Buddhism, and so forth and so on, learning about some of these other newer faiths, like the happy science uh, that we've had many times on this program talking about that. And... One of the things that I found so fascinating or I find fascinating about those who are uh, abhorred by uh, they're, they're they're horrified by the concept of, for example, some of these other isms like we live in in a quote unquote, a democracy or a republic, uh, capitalism, free enterprise, blah, 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 blah. Um, <clears throat> First Amendment rights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you start like taking a look at the philosophy that they claim this country was founded on, Judeo-Christian ethics or what have you, um, I can only define those uh, uh, philosophies, that particular philosophy of Christianity, um, because of the way in which it is presented. It's either God's way or the highway, or hell, if you will. Well, isn't that kind of the way it is in communism, in fascism, in the dictatorial? It's going to be, but look what's happening with, with the Russian leader. He said, that's my way or you're going to be killed. Well, isn't that what God is saying to us? You know, I'm not saying that's what's happening. But the, when you look at the philosophy, when you look at the teachings, you can't have it both ways. You cannot have individual rights. And then say, I just want to do God's will, because God's will is not yours. So now you have to give up your will, but you have to freely give it up to do this. Hmm. Well, now you're, you're in a system that is telling you what to do. Now, do I listen to that still small voice? I know you do, mm -hmm. uh, Nancy. I know you, uh, you listen to that still small voice. I wrote a big, long, uh, um, uh, it was on a big white piece of construction paper in a personal growth program back in the 80s called LifeSpring. <clears throat> and they said, write down a statement. So in uh, cursive, I wrote, I will listen to, and this was black Sharpie on white. And then the rest of the statement was all in block capital letters. And follow the promptings of my friend. My friend is my still small voice. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. What does it? What good does it do to listen if you're not going to follow? Yes. Uh, so let me ask you: This mm-hmm. has got to be like the core of divine trust, in that you are willing for the greater good, mm-hmm. which includes you, by the way. Yes. To set your individualism, your will aside. Hmm. Well, this is so deep and I don't know where to start to address that, but let's see. Okay. First of all, divine trust is a foundation. And, and, you know, some people say it's one of the foundations. I'm like, no, it is the foundation from which everything spiritual is built on because one, you have to see the energy, the small still voice that you call, I call it the divine and then have a relationship with it. And once you do, it starts talking to you. And once you see how good you feel and how beautiful it is, you, I, at least me, I have surrendered to it. That's my daily practice. Every morning I wake up, I surrender, let it work through me. And it's magical. My life is magical right now. I just take one step forward every day. I don't know what's going to unfold, but I'm willing to see the difference and I'm willing to do that. And I, it just is magic. Mm. I, you know, one step and then this magic um, floor comes in or this magic ground comes in. You take another step, another ma- And it's like this trust, this dance with trust. So I just want to go into that because this energy is so nourishing, so loving, and it just smooths and soothes any disruption that you have. But you have to know how to get there. First, you have to either be shown or somehow stumble your way there. I you know, I've been doing this for 43 years and I finally found the way there about 10 or 12 years ago. And once I was there, I'm like, this is the answer. It wasn't, I did transcendental meditation where you quiet your mind with a mantra. I didn't get much out of that. I think it thinned the veil. I did it because um, I was going through um, all this education. I have a master's in nutrition, my doctor in dental degree degree in science and then orthodontics and board certification and blah, 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 six advanced degrees, three from Columbia. And I was using meditation to get through final exams and just to stress release. And I think it thins the veil. So one point, you know, you start to seek, you you see more, you seek more, but I believe every human being is looking for this, this energy, this weight, the end of suffering. Can you imagine that So I'm going to tell a little story. So my mom had just passed away. This is in 2018 in January. We had her funeral. I go home um, and I'm working in my clinic, my orthodontic clinic, which is on the border of um, it's in uh, on the border of Parkland in in Coral Springs in um, the South Florida and right a mile and a half from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. I'm working on five days later after my mom's funeral. I'm working and I'm in the back and a mom exclaims, there's an active shooter at Douglas. And we go, and then sirens and helicopters and gridlock and, and parents were just abandoning their cars along the road. I'm walking the rest of the mile there, not know, you know, they're just frantic and you can only imagine. Well, in the aftermath, I lost a patient that day. One of my staff lost her sister. But the whole community was like beyond. And when the kids started coming back to me, it took them about six weeks. No no one would even come into the office after that. 
So it was one of my main feeder schools. But when they did come back in, they had a vacancy, like, and I'm like, they, they're in shock. Yeah. And then one of my patients um, happened to be a, um, a psychiatrist. And he said, watch, they're going to start committing suicide. They're going to have um, survivor's guilt and severe anxiety. And they're going to start checking out. And sure enough, this started happening. Five days after the shooting, I too was discombobulated. I went to the mom's house of the mom of this patient and I just grabbed her and we sobbed and sobbed. I wanted to help take her pain away because I could only imagine. I don't know. I wasn't really rational, but I went deep into meditation with this connection that I had established with trusting in the divine. And I said, tell me, what's this all about? Why did this happen? How do you possibly, how can you, you, this energy, how can you possibly let this happen? And it showed me everything serves the light. These children who gave their life, they made the decision before they took a body. So did all the people around them, including me. We made a decision to be there, to be part of a transformation. So no life is ever lost in vain. It's all to evolve humanity. And the point of this divine connection and this trust is that you know, you know, with every ounce of your being, that there's not one hair out of place. The divine is so expansive and so knowledge and so knowledgeable and so much in control. It deliberately allows this to happen to help evolve all of humanity. For us to look, yeah. what are we doing? Make a different choice, go a different way. But this trust dissolved my suffering. It completely takes it and transmutes it into the most exquisite love. And you realize that anything, anything bad that ever happens, including the war in Ukraine, it's all there designed perfectly to evolve us, to make us more aware and to wake up to who we are. I call that a snapback, to snap back to the divinity, to who we are, to our power, to our goodness and our greatness, and to make this heaven on earth, essentially take us home and bring heaven to earth. Dr. Wow. Nancy Wiley. Wow. Yes. Uh, Dr. Nancy Wiley is our guest. We're talking about her book, Divine Trust. Website, ladies and gentlemen, is trusttothedivine.com. Trusttothedivine.com is one we'll, we'll, we will be linked to so that you folks can go there and find out more as you continue listening on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Nancy Wiley. Dr. Nancy Wiley is our guest. Uh, multiple uh, PhDs in that regard, or doctor uh, uh, initials. But <laughs> Um, it's not the intellect that we're talking about here. <clears throat> it is more the intellect that we are trying to or working towards. I guess the best way to put it is, in a manner of speaking, sort of reshape or sort of rewriting the synapses, the ne neural net in our brains uh, to um, have a greater capacity to understand who we are and where we are. I loved what one of my guests said, Nancy. Uh, when I asked him about this, I said, so what you're saying in our conversation, I said, so what you're saying is uh, that eventually we're going to know um, who we are and where we came from. And he said, well, no. He said, eventually we're going to know who we have always been. Um, and... To me, that's extremely important to know who we are. And the only way we can know that is to go within. 
And that scares a lot of people, especially people who have been through um, some some real intense traumas in their lives. I could look at a couple of instances, but for the most part, uh, and, and you know, you talk about this 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 concept of, for example, perception too. Uh, the year twenty twenty two started out a little rough for yours truly in the from the standpoint of people leaving. A dear friend of ours who lived across the street from us for the eight years that we lived there, and then we moved here to Santa Barbara, he passed away at the age of 95. He and I worked together. He was a percussionist for the Utah Symphony Orchestra under Maurice Bravanel, which was really kind of cool. And uh, he didn't introduce me to classical music, but he continued to feed that, that love of the music. Um, then uh, a good friend who was a, 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 he was not just a programmer and a participant in one of the programs that I produced, but he was a good friend too. He passes away in February. And then my wife's a sister last, she is now the last remaining living, uh, representative, shall we say, of her family. The, all the rest of the family, mother, father, brother, sister's gone. She's it. So I've told her, I said, well, you know, you should be honored that you have been chosen, uh, to represent. Then... Uh, not long ago, not uh, at the end of March of this year, I lost my eldest sister. And time marches on. Mm-hmm. And we march on. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about in this regard, mm-hmm. because people look at death as mm-hmm. a negative. It's, it's the downside. You have the pros and your cons. You have your positive, your negative. You're good, you're bad, and so forth. And death is bad. And over the years, uh, I've had different perspectives of people I have known who have gone on. Mm-hmm. My sister, because it's the freshest in my mind, yes, when I was at the memorial, I, there was laughter, and yes, there were tears. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for my brother-in-law, uh, who I consider more of a brother uh, directly. Uh, um, he had a camera around his neck from the day I met him over 40 years ago. And he obviously took thousands and thousands of pictures of the two of them. They were married 40 years of her, of her daughter, her daughter's daughter, of the places that they travel on and on. And so he had these slide presentations. Um, and the last image that they showed is one of, where they were in the mortuary. And his daughter took the picture mm. of him standing in front of the table, and this mm-hmm. was he and the table silhouetted, but you knew who was laying on the table. It was my sister. Mm-hmm. And it gave us all closure because we mm-hmm. weren't there when she passed. They're, mm-hmm. th- th- she was cremated. They're not mm-hmm. going to have a burial. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least we had the opportunity of, of closure. Okay, I see that she is there and I can Mm -hmm. now and I've been hearing her voice in my ear I haven't been seeing this as a negative it's neither negative nor positive and I use the analogy of the universe you know if you look through a telescope whether it's the James Webb or or uh, Hubble or whatever or naked eye you see stuff happening moving and crashing and booming and blanging and exploding and what have you there's no judgment out there on the uh, on the subatomic level same things going on, 
And there's no judgment there. There's no, there's no good or bad. It just is what it is. Yet, here we are in the material matrix at our level, where you and I live, and there's good and bad. And I've started to incorporate the, 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 uh, the concept as much as possible. And maybe this is intellect. Maybe this is denying. I don't think so. It's just what it is. You know, it ebbs and flows. There are cycles. Even when the cycles get really screwed up like they are these days, let's say with the weather, it's still cyclical. You know, we're still having winter. We're still having summer. Uh, the, still the leaves turn green and with spring and then they turn orange and yellow. They still have the beautiful, be beautiful fall colors uh, back east, you know, that I see. I've not been there, but I see them in pictures. Um, is is coming to grips with the fact that there is no duality, even mm. in this matrix, mm. when trusting the divine? Is that part of the mix that, that we kind of... I realize we have to sort of intellectualize it. All right. Can I take it from here? Because I have Go. something wants to come through. It's Go. like, tell them, tell them, tell them. Okay. So um, me as a scientist grew up. Like I had no um, preconception that I would go this path. I thought I was going to be a scientist. I'm published. I'm, but maybe my first inclination, you know, I started meditating. I got books when I was 16, but I was still a hardcore scientist and I let my mind rule. Now there's two ways of being in the, in the world. Okay. And this is the crux of where we are right now. It's what's changing and it addresses everything you're saying. There's one to be in the mind. So that's your left brain here. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I'm going to try to stay with the left brain. So we're to be in our left brain, to use our mind. This is the way we're taught. This is the only way we're taught. This is the acceptable way. Use logic, use science, bring the science. And then when you start studying more and more, you get into quantum physics. And it's like quantum physics says the observer collapses reality into being. I'm like, okay, then how can we even have research? And I was researching. I was publishing research papers. I, I worked at Johns Hopkins Medical School in the Department of Human Nutrition doing study on human eating disorders, okay? And I'm publishing things with a well-known author. But anyways, so we are um, using our mind, right? And that's the way we're taught. Now, here comes me meditating and somehow I, I've switched. I started equal and now I'm way into more using my Got to go over here. Consciousness, my right side of my brain. And I realized the power was there. And if I could get my right side of the brain and, and merge and become one with it, it actually started using the mind as the divine tool. Now we're together. Science and consciousness together. Everything has gone full circle. Everything's explained. Science and spirituality marry. And then the human being becomes more, way more, way more powerful. And they're, they're thinking thoughts that are good for each other, that are good for the planet, that do good, that are harmonizing, that are unifying. They don't separate. They don't judge. They don't condemn. And they don't have anger in them. And this is the evolution of what humanity is on. And this is the voice that's coming through me specifically and it tells me you're a scientist people are going to believe you you're going to have a message you've seen suffering you've suffered yourself but somehow you come home and now you can bring it out and teach others how wonderful to have a life where 
you lose your sister, you lose the people across, but you know they're just changing form. And you can communicate with them. Sometimes I can communicate with them more and bring back facts that are concrete evidence that there is this afterlife, that it is just a different dimension than we are in right now. And us as our human beings, so put in a box by what we can see, hear, taste, and smell. And that's with our human senses. And when you go inside, you develop your inner sight, your inner hearing, your inner sensing, feeling, seeing. It's just way more powerful. And then if you can, you're lucky enough to merge the two, you become, you come out and into the human world and you are in balance and you can teach others and you can bring closure to people and everything goes full circle. Mm. Dr. Nancy Wiley is my guest, and we are talking about divine trust here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, this conversation that we are having uh, is available, of course, uh, via podcast and videocast as well as broadcast. We hope that you will avail yourselves of uh, any or all three. Subscribe to the podcast and or videocast so that every time we put one up, boom, you're told this is the case. I also, uh, when I upload a podcast, I also send out a tweet. Uh, so if you want to follow, it's at Richard Dugan. Dot, uh, at Richard Dugan, I believe it is. <clears throat> uh, I'll confirm that. Be that as it may, uh, so that you know that uh, hey, a new interview is up and out, and away it goes. I was going to have Dr. Nancy Wiley a Facebook page for the third time, and the only reason I was going to do it was because they were allowing people to post podcasts through their RSS feed. Right? Great, great vehicle for doing that. Right after I signed up, they eliminated that feature. <laughs> so I deleted my profile once again. Uh, third time, and you're done. Uh, you know, Zuckerberg, <laughs> you're on your own. I'm sorry, I can't help you anymore. Uh, this this whole aspect of of um, I guess I guess you call it singularity as opposed to duality. I may I may have the terms completely discombobulated. No, no, you're right. Okay. And there's hard hard times to sometimes put things into human terms. Yeah. It's really hard to voice it out like experiences of unity consciousness seeing us all as one, being one, one with the creator. Yeah. For God's yeah. sakes, having no body, having being everything and nothing all at once. Yeah. When and it's really really difficult to put this into um human language but it, we're it doing really good is. enough yeah we're doing good enough because more and more people are coming on board you're that's why you're growing and you're going to grow even more i yeah. know it i feel it i sense it you're going to be you're going to explode i see the planet lighting up at least three quarters there's still a quarter that's gonna you know there's going to be resistance i don't know if it's going to be china or russia or china and russia because you know they're steadfast in their um their totalitarianism where you know they have to have one one human being ruling them all and thinking that it's but but here i'm sorry I, this is really coming strong in it's we the people we the people are going mm -hmm. to unite and rule the world and we're going to take over china and russia and everywhere and we're going to unite and we're going to we're going to live in this heaven on earth yeah. We, the people, we just need leaders. We need yeah. leaders like you, Richard, 
and me and all the people on your platform. I've been listening. They're so fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's a really great platform you have. And I have to, I also have to wonder too, uh, and I'm going to dovetail off of what you just said there about we, the people. Um, I remember in school uh, learning uh, the preamble. Uh, and uh, for the most part, I still remember the whole darn thing. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of, of the United States of America. Yes. <clears throat> and I remember an interview years uh, a few years back with an author who was talking about uh, returning to a more, uh, a reasonable form of government. And <clears throat> at the beginning of that interview, the very first question I asked him, I'll never forget this. When was the last time we had a reasonable form of government? I was expecting maybe back in the teens or 20s or maybe the 1800s and so forth. And he said, uh, well, <clears throat> the last time we had a reasonable form of government was uh, up to about three minutes after the ink dried on the signatures on the Constitu Declaration of Independence. <laughs> he says that was the last time because at that point everybody uh, didn't want to have their ox gored. And I have to wonder sometimes, see, I, I don't see in the totality of the Christian philosophy, and again, you and I both raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. I see nowhere, if we focus specifically on the New Testament and the teachings and the way we're supposed to be and live, I don't see anywhere where I have any individual rights. Not in the context of our, say, First Amendment. I see I have individual responsibilities as a child of the Creator to live my life the very best I can, to be kind and Love those as I would like to be loved. And that's my individuality. When people were complaining about uh, uh, during the COVID era, which we're hopefully going coming out the other end here soon, uh, people were complaining about how they're they're infringing on my, uh, they're taking away my, my, my constitutional rights. And I'm going, well, I, I live here too, and I'm doing the same things, but... I don't feel like my, my, my individual rights are being taken away. As a matter of fact, I'm exercising my constitutional rights, especially in the, going back to the preamble, uh, <clears throat> of uh, helping to promote the general welfare and preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Now, I have no kids, but my late sister and her husband had a daughter who had a daughter. My second oldest sister has two daughters. Um, my uh, younger sister has, uh, I think, two or three, four kids, but that was from her husband, who was a widower, and that, of course, from a previous marriage. You know, um, so, but I'm still doing that. I'm exercise. There's a big difference between playing the victim and taking responsibility. And I don't see that in... The patriotic circles, I also don't see that in the religious circles, the, philosoph the philosophy, if you will. But that's totally opposite of what you're talking about in terms of trusting the divine and your book, Divine Trust. 
is is saying, look, I'm an individual, but I want more for myself and the world and others. And I can have it's it's like there's no there's more than enough for everybody. There always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what what we feel is a limitation just by switching our orientation mentally and merging with the divine, it's created for us. Talk about climate control and the, the planet Earth. All we need to do is focus on doing good and change our inner self mm. and the outer self changes. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. When you were saying that, I'm like, Richard, I don't know if you're just missing. You just need to, you just need to and up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Going in, getting our inward alignment. Mm-hmm is then transmitted into our outer alignment That's so it. that we literally can change the planet in a second, even get rid of Putin in a second mm-hmm. with our doing good. And they tell me it only takes one strong person to do it, but there's power in getting the people to align in peace and bringing them home to this place. And then multiple people, multitudes of people get online, get in in, in, in alignment with this exquisite energy and Putin is either somehow by miraculous circumstances is taken out of power and harmony is restored. Mm -hmm. It just takes that change in our consciousness. But here's so I hope that is yeah. good. and now path Catholicism. Yeah, just well, talk a little bit about that. Uh, sure, but before you do, there's also uh, tie into it. You also tie into it the fact that we all signed these contracts before we came into this world to play out the roles that we play. So if we sit here on the one hand and say, okay, we want to do all of these great things, we go inward to manifest outward. Okay, and I agree with you on that, absolutely. But then you've got the, um, uh, so to speak, the catch-22 that says, well, wait wait a minute, uh, but what about the role that they said they were going to play? I mean, Putin's just playing out the role he's playing. Hitler played out the role he's playing. Mother Teresa. Then they do. Then they actually... So, okay, let's just let's just start there. Okay, I'd like to explain that. I've, I've learned about this way before this, but my friend, Dr. Sue Mortar says, like, before we come in, we have a, we go to a bus stop mm-hmm. and we have a conversation with a bunch of souls there that we incarnate. You, you tend to incarnate in soul groups. Yeah. So you, and, and you do it over and over again. And I believe in reincarnation. I, I just think it makes sense mm-hmm. on a spiritual level. And mm-hmm. then once you hear this, you know, it took me a long time. I didn't believe in it, but, and many of your listeners, listeners might not believe in what I'm saying, but then it'll plant to see it. And then they'll see this is truth that we are speaking right now. Okay. So you're at your bus stop. You say, you know what? I really want to bring light to the planet. I really want more people to, I want, I want heaven to be on the planet. I want to be one of those light workers who actually wakes up to their, they take their humanness and they wake up and they wake up the rest of the planet. And then we start living in this fantastic world of love and freedom and responsive individual responsibility for this vehicle we're in our soul that we're in. And um, we, we take the position of the body and then we carry these things out. So let's just take Hitler, which was the thing I couldn't My teacher, Jetta Mali, I said, I, I don't understand. I cannot grasp how Hitler could have been a good thing. Well, he was serving the light. He agreed in the bus stop. 
no, I'm just taking everything together and, and putting mm -hmm. it together with her mm -hmm. teaching and Dr. Seuss and Embraced by the Light and all these other books I've read. Okay. I agree. I will come in. I'll be the bad guy. I will be Hitler. I will do this horrendous stuff knowing that the soul never really dies. So when all these people die, they will go on, but they will be giving their soul. And they all agreed to be, to give their life, to bring this, to, to bring light to the planet. They agreed. So they are heroes. They're giving their soul up and Hitler's giving his soul up to live a, what a crappy life, how, you know, to have, to live in so much hatred. And I'll just come to the, change it to the Parkland shooter after this. So let's go. For, so I said to her, I don't see that. She said it was serving the soul. Once you see and commune with the divine so much and you trust it, you will see there's not one hair that's ever been out of place or ever will be out of place. It's all meant to evolve humanity mm -hmm. and to evolve God. It's ever expansive energy that's moving outward, getting better and better, knowing itself more and more and more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. okay, so I want to bring it to Nicholas Cruz, if I could. Sure, go ahead. This is important in my community. So, you know, still... Uh, Kids are committing suicide. They're really, really distraught. Parents are pissed off. They want Nicholas Cruz to be hung or executed. Now, here's a boy who was given up for adoption. He got a mom who had a hellhole. She lived in a trailer and she must, she's a single parent, worked so much. She adopted another boy. I don't think they were related. He had a, he had a horrible life. Then he goes to school. He must've been on the spectrum a little bit, like mm -hmm. maybe a little autistic. I've seen videos of him, of him being abused and bullied by several people at Douglas High. And, you know, I can see him not really having home life, um, being violent, being given up for adoption. Okay, here's the soul in the bus stop conversation said, yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to really create havoc do all you people in parkland to all you 17 that i'm going to murder do you all agree to go in together yes we agree we go in and then the situation happens so now when you put it in that perspective this bus stop conversation you see anyone who's been a negative in your life how they actually form these soul contracts to come in and teach you something you asked to learn how to bring light. You asked to learn to be woken up and how best to be woken up. If you don't have pain, you don't have a reason to grow. And then the next thing I want to go into is how you use your pain to transform through the processes I will teach your readers or I'll talk about at least. I don't know how much I can do, but I'm sure some of them will be conveyed. Oh, you get me off on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good because uh, we need to fill the fill the uh, the time with uh, the things that you're talking about. And it's, I would say that for for some folks who take a lot of these different events personally, and and they have every right to it. Certainly, I'm not going to take that away from anybody. But at the same time, in order for us to move forward, uh, we we do have to uh, acknowledge that. On a higher level, uh, we all agreed to do to play these roles, as Shakespeare said, you know, all the world's a stage and we're nothing but actors, um, you know. And uh, again, I, I realize it is a hard pill to swallow uh, from uh, being in this material matrix and being, 
easily distracted, in a manner of speaking, by the bright, shiny things that are going on. Uh, you know, it's easily easy to be distracted by the, the realities the, in the material matrix of what's going on in Ukraine, of what's going on in the Middle East, of what's going on in China, what's going on in Florida or Arizona or California, uh, and so on and so forth. And it's so easy to be distracted. I have... Even though I do watch with my wife television, uh, it's not something I, I watch. I like cartoons. Okay, first of all, I know they're stupid going in. I know they're stupid. Mindless. It's they're mindless. Good to be mindless. I don't care. I it's it for me. It's like going to a wine tasting and uh, tasting the first uh, stage. I forget the first of the flights of the different wines, and then. The cartoon is the cracker to clear the palate. I'm clearing my mental palate so that I can go to sleep. I watch cartoons. Um, and, I mean, we all have to find our, our, our ways to do that. And in some instances, maybe it's not watch those things in the first place. Uh, I, uh, my wife, a huge fan of the Walking Dead series and different franchises. Not so much with me, uh, especially in the beginning, because I couldn't stand the sound of the walkers. Oh, it just, please, I just, it was that throaty thing. You know, I just could not, I can do it, but I didn't, I, you know. And uh, I'm watching it with her more because uh, I, I'm looking more at the personalities. I'm looking more at the relationship dynamics. By the same token, I'm still bored because it's like, how long can they carry these series out? I mean, <laughs> my God, uh, how long is this post-apocalyptic thing? When are we going to get back to creating and being constructive and so forth instead of fighting amongst ourselves? And I think that's one of the things um, that I want to talk to you about as we continue. We're talking with Dr. Nancy Wiley. Her book is called Divine Trust. Trustthedivine.com is the website. And you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. There is the book right there. <laughs> I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here with Dr. Nancy Wiley. And uh, just a reminder uh, that, um, you know, we're going to be linked to her website. And the website is trustthedivine.com. So hope that you will do that. I wanted to I wanted to touch upon um, uh, something. I, I, when the invasion into Ukraine first happened, mm -hmm. I said, man, I wish I had the resources. I would be buying a ticket to Moscow, mm -hmm. getting off the plane in Moscow, going into the Kremlin, get out of my way, KGB, I'm coming through. <laughs> going into that big long room with that 40-foot table, going to his end, grabbing him by the ear and saying, uh-uh, little guy. You're done. You are going on a permanent timeout. We do not play like this in the 21st century. We are not going to put up with it. Your mother is ashamed of you. Your mother's ashamed. I do not want the man killed. Okay? That is contrary to my personal philosophy. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, I, I, you know, I, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this in there. What the hell? I keep hearing, especially with the debate over in this country, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the whole pro-life, pro-choice thing. And they, mm -hmm. they come up with a new uh, term here in California. I guess they're going to allow what they are referring to as post-birth abortions. I, I don't even go, I'm not even going to go there. But, of course, the other side, pro-life, is all bent out of shape. And I'm going, wait a minute. Why are you upset? We already have post-birth abortions. It's called the death penalty. Make up your mind. You know, I'll tell you what. 
uh, you want to get rid of the death penalty across the country, then I'll stand with you. But until you're willing to honor all life. Now, now we go back to the higher place where the people on death row have agreed to do this and da da da. Yes, know. yes, yes, yes. Oh, I I, it's like it, it can it could drive you absolutely insane when mm. you go back and forth and back and forth between the material matrix and the higher divine matrix, if you will. Well, I, I would not condone death on any yeah. setup. Not abortion, not post birth abortion and not the death penalty yeah. i agree it goes totally against that yeah but we see this is where we're humans and we're we're operating from our mind and it's like an eye for an eye yeah and yeah. um i i don't i don't propone that either you know yeah. we're going to talk about catholicism we never we never did we're going to jump right know. there because um okay. it's one of the things i find interesting Again, I was not privy to, I mean, obviously all of us, including my eldest sister, who has passed, uh, uh, were born and raised in Catholicism. And then she converted to another form of Christianity that was much more strict, more rigid, more in a box. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, as I get to know them, and, and she and I had some very fascinating and wonderful stimulating conversations uh, over the years. Um, but one of the things that I found so interesting about my experiences with Catholicism and the thing that has it's to this day I still I love the ritual and the ceremony and the tradition those are the elements that we seem to have lost in our society today other societies around the world still have that even in their day-to-day -day lives I mean sometimes it's the starting of a meal is is a ceremony I know mm -hmm. in the Jewish tradition, when you pray at the beginning of a meal, it's it's a, I don't know, maybe a 30-second kind of uh, prayer. I, I don't know what all of their hand gestures, there are positions mm -hmm. where you put your hands or what have you, and so on and so forth. I love that. Um, mm -hmm. For me, that's, that's, that is Catholicism in terms of honoring, as it says in the Bible, honoring the temple where our immortal essence resides. That's that's where where I come from. What about mm -hmm. you and your your understanding of the expression of and again because of the fact that we both have experienced this our own mm -hmm. personal Catholicism that has actually helped to form who we are today. Yeah. Well, I think you know you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are many beautiful things like the ceremony. Do you know that the bells when they do the bells in the in the Catholic mass it's meant to bring you into the now mm -hmm. it's oh, meant wow. to it's meant to help you become um one with you know when you come into the present moment that's the doorway to to god mm -hmm. so it's meant to do that so there are many beautiful things what i take exception to is that this creates a direct relationship with god they don't like that they're no. threatened by yeah. this they want to be they want to tell me how how they want to spoon feed me. Yeah. And I don't like that. They yeah. also have a point in the mass where it says, I am not worthy to receive you. Just say the word and I shall be healed. And that implants negativity into the brain that we're not worthy. You know, we have this collective yeah. consciousness. There's many, many things a lot of us are here to do is to wake up and get rid of the collective, to clear the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. I am not worthy. 
Um, you know, and there's many different ones like lack mm-hmm. and um, the duality. So I have real exception with I am not worthy to receive you. I have real exception with that. Well, but besides that, this mm-hmm. can be an active companion to any religion, any yeah. single religion mm-hmm. or atheism. Yeah. So it actually, it's, it's a unifying foundation and it's, it's applied across the board. Mm-hmm. Hope that helps. Yeah. I, well, do, I do feel like there is good there in every religion. Sure. But when it comes to the point of diminishing the individual light yeah. and the expression, which is I'm all about the individual light and expression. And this goes back. It ties into everything. It ties into the political um, uh, aspect like the individual, we, the people, the individual light is meant to be shown. It's meant to, it's meant to be expressed as the maximum highest potential possible yeah. and not the other way. And that's where China, if they do gain power, they're going to go down because this, this is the change. I'm assured this is the change. Also Russia, same thing yeah. where they kill you. If you were, if you were trying to get to that long table, you would have been neutralized before you stepped in it. So that that's the the aspect that really has to change. And we don't have to kill Putin. We don't. All we have to do is align. Enough of us align and put peace out. Yeah. But love and generosity and this unified field out, which I can take you through. If we still have some time, I really yes, want to do. go through an important, mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. aspect. I want to show you because I at least want your listeners, I want you to hear it and know what's available. But if we could all align and just do that, it would be neutralized in a miraculous way. Not that he would be neutralized and killed, right, right. but that his he would be up overthrown. Who knows? That, have a, yeah. I don't know whatever yeah. it is, yeah. his divine essence you know would be played out yeah. whatever that yeah. means and i don't want to say it because I, no, no. I, I leave it up to the divine that's to do it. that but yeah. we just put yeah. peace and light and we want the individual you know individual light to expand on the planet and that would neutralize it yeah. and we aim it at you know that area of the world whew, it would be done in a second yeah in a second that would happen well, I will uh, dovetail off of that because uh, I uh, went through a, a, a period, uh, 2016, September, I got sucked into the political discourse, the, the melees, the, well, I, I called it the quagmire. And it took me six months to get unsucked, as oh, I put yeah. it. Oh, and uh, there are those who revere and those who actually would say they hate uh, uh, the, the uh, incoming president at that time. Yeah, the mind. And Judging. I, I got to a point where I actually said, I can't, I can't allow this con- to continue in myself. I, I just can't, you know. Um, and so I finally went through four different phases. The fourth phase uh, was actually shared with me by one of my guests on this program. The first phase. I had to say it out loud. I didn't want to say it out loud. It just stuck in my craw. No, please, I don't want to say this. Thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to behave. Mm -hmm. Now, there will be those who will say, oh, this is politically motivated. No, 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 no. I was bullied as a kid growing up. What I saw was a bully. I didn't want a bully in in that position. Second phase was... I forgive you, but more importantly, I forgive myself for allowing myself to be dragged into this quagmire. Third phase. Question. 
What is it that you're so afraid of that makes you speak and behave the way that you do? I'm not asking you to change. Far be it from me. It's, it's, you know, it's your life. I just need to understand so I can make sense of it and throw it away and be done with it and not have to deal with it anymore. And then the fourth phase. Three words. Because this person has every right to be here on the planet, just like me, playing a role, just like me, I love you. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, I love you. Yes. I don't have to like what you say or what you do. I don't have But you are a human being just like me. And whether you express them or not, and I don't know because I'm not with you 24-7, uh, you have emotions. You have a body, mind, soul, and, and, and emotions. Uh, you're just like everybody else. We're connected. We're part of this whole thing. And so you're playing out your role to teach me. Uh, and I remember saying, sharing this with my mother. And I said, you know, Mom, if, if I spoke to you that way, my cheeks would be red. Because she's, it was, I was a kid and I would say something that she, it was disrespectful. She would slap me on the face. She'd slap me on the face. Okay? Didn't hit me. She would slap me. You know, one of those disrespect. How dare you? Smack! You know? And I got the message. You know? And it wasn't very often because I got the message pretty quick, you know. <laughs> um, when we when we start to to allow ourselves, and this happens, as I said before, you you know we're so easily distracted by the the little twinkling lights and things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we're distracted, it, it, what what is your method for? Uh, uh, getting back on track, getting refocused oh. and saying, oh, I don't care about the bright, shiny little lights and the, the balloons oh. and stuff. And, oh, butterfly. Um, I need to get back on track, to get back on purpose, to get back on task. What what mm. what methods have you found that work? Well, I go into the void. I, I commune with the divine. I go in there and I say, you know, anytime you're judging you're complaining, you're blaming, you're finding something lacking, missing, or wrong in a situation or a person. You're in your mind. You're not in the consciousness. Remember, we talked about the two ways of being. Mm -hmm. So I go into the void and I completely become empty. And I say, show me, show me, teach me. This is the strength of this book and the techniques I teach in there. And they say, well, there's two right now. I ask about the political divide. What's, what is it? And they say, it's the unification of the two. They've completely gone away and we need leaders to unify. Mm-hmm. Find out what's the commonality. What's the good? What's the beauty? Move from there. Don't move from this negativity or, you know, this, and are you perfect? I know I have a special needs daughter. I still get triggered by her. I still yell at her. And you know what? I said, you know what? See, I'm a bad person. I still get triggered. And then one day years ago now, I heard, um, you're human. It's the human expression. You're not in your divinity. You're not in, you don't have, you have a body. You're not in your, um, complete soul self at this moment you're in this time space this condensed reality you're going to be triggered you're going to have the human condition and love yourself through that no matter what give yourself a break because it starts with you so self-love is so important and to give yourself a break and then choose again the next second choose again okay i yelled at her just now 
or that's that stupid politician said something now, but let him, you know, he can choose again. He's just like me. Mm-hmm. He makes mistakes or she makes mistakes, but let's just come at it through the unified aspect, not the division. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's Absolutely. how I go in and I get answers and boy, do I get answers. Yeah. We need leaders. We need leaders like you. We need leaders to show people it can, it can actually be a unified um, once yeah. again. And it's the expression. It all boils down to the expression of the light and within each individual maximizing its potential and not being squelched. And that is what we need to stand against. We need to stand for the expression of this. Yeah. Dr. Nancy Wiley is my guest, and Divine Trust is her book. Uh, TrustTheDivine.com is the website, and you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are talking about the work that uh, Dr. Nancy Wiley has, uh, has done uh, over the years, just, just like you and I have been doing over the years, to, uh, to, to, to make this a better place for everybody. Uh, I know that uh, there's uh, argument uh, after argument over that whole concept of uh, uh, of of making uh, yeah, yeah yeah of of uh, you know we well no we can't it, it life isn't fair you know and we can't make everybody equal and you know in the I I'm not asking for that and I'm not I'm not asking for the redistribution of wealth what I'm asking for is the distribution of awareness of people waking up. I'm not asking for anybody's will, their free will to be usurped or interfered with, but more, it's, uh, I put it this way, Nancy, when we do these programs, we lay out this smorgasbord table and every program brings a new dish or more. <laughs> and we ask the listener and the viewer to come to the table and partake in those things that resonate with them mm-hmm. and then walk away and process them. And I like to say and grok them, as it says in uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, and then come back and see if there isn't something else that maybe before you took your first plate uh, didn't resonate with you. Now you've had your first plate. You come back. Oh, well, that seems kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're going through the process, quite honestly, they're going through the process of evolution, mm-hmm. of growth, of expansion. Mm-hmm. So that they, and this goes to the whole discussion about choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. How can you choose something if you don't even know that it's available to you? And that's what we're presenting here as well, is a myriad of choices. Do I agree with all of them? Have I been taken to task by some of my guests? You bet. And I'm grateful for it because I don't have all the answers and they don't either, but they're sharing their perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I even had one guest, we were talking away, blah, blah, blah. And I shared a particular perspective and he says, well, let me, let me put a little twist on your perspective there. And he shared it. And I responded with, well, <laughs> there goes another one of my straw huts up in flames. <laughs> and I am willing to set them all ablaze mm-hmm. and start over if necessary. Uh, I think that the most honest position for an individual to take is the position of agnosticism. I don't know. I don't know. I'm searching. 
Uh, that's why I love Greg Braden when we had him on talking about his book, The, the Healing Power of Belief. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he basically stated in the interview, he says, uh, right now we believe. Today we believe. But one day we will know. We will know. Now, the knowing in this life, in this material matrix, when we go within, and I'd love for you to expand on this, that knowing, when we get that information from the still small voice, the divine, that is a knowing for us only. All right, that is for us, all right, from, from, from that standpoint. And then we can say to ourselves, I know, but I would never come to you, Nancy, and say, oh, by the way, God told me to tell you. No, because you have the same connection that I have. Now, when I go to an intuitive, for example, I'm going more for confirmation because at that moment, I'm just not quite in a place of trusting the, the voice for some reason. I don't know why, but I just, could you kind of, conv- I think I know this, but could you tell me a little bit about blah, 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 blah. What are your thoughts about, uh, I mean, because you've shared with us things that just start coming through to you in this interview. Yes. And they're more on a, they are much more of a generic, but very, in some, it's sort of a combination of generic and specific. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just your impressions at this moment. It could be something different in 10 minutes or 10 hours or 10 days because everything's in motion. The universe is in motion. True. Even, true. even on the We're spiritual evolving. level. So yeah. what's true now might not be true exactly. in five minutes. And so you have to be open. Talk you to us to about that. Open. Yeah. to this. Like the first step I, I've i been shown or been told and taught is you have to be allowing and willing to learn something new. And yes, to take, I, I, I find the most magic happens when I take a step and not knowing that there's earth beneath, beneath my feet. And then suddenly there's the most miraculous event or the most miraculous support there for me so yes you have to be willing and allowing to be shown and you know i don't think any one of us in a physical form really knows all the answers i don't think we do i think we're shown um certain things and we get certain truths that maybe take us from this step to the next step but you're right there's all we're all evolving and it's mm-hmm. all what's true at this moment won't be true in the next moment. Yeah. But I do feel as far as my um, my knowing, my relationship and the connection with the divine, it's um, it's unshakable. It's a knowing to the core. It's not at first for my, in my book, it's all about getting this core relationship. And first, you have to be willing to trust. You have to extend trust. Mm-hmm. And then the hand reaches back and pulls you in. And it shows you. You just have to be willing. You, you have to make an effort to, um, to see it. Yeah. You have to make. And I do think there's enough. For me, as a scientist, I needed an intellectual framework. I needed, I needed something to grab hold of first before I could go in there. And then I needed a guide. I needed a guide that had the light so bright that it could take me and show me the light along the way. Mm-hmm. But my connection is strong and firm and it's unshakable. And I did want to share with your viewers, like there, there's a process we can go through. Once you develop this relationship, what I say is once you sit with it and you're communing back and forth with it and letting it teach you and guide you and you know, show you things, 
I say, take one thing that's bothering you, that's bothered you, that your mind got fixated on. Just take one thing and bring it into this energy. Stay with it. Keep your light on it. Share it in with the divine. Share it in this. And it, you know, keep watching it. And I always say, give it a color, give it a shape. Where is it in your body? Is it outside your body, in your body? Watch it, watch it, watch it. Stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. And the next thing you know, you're trying to find it. You can't find it. It's dissipated. It's dissolved. So you can take something that's suffering. And also I'll explain a personal thing with this and, and it'll help your viewers. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a special needs child. She's now 23. And I'll oftentimes she'll come in and she'll try to interrupt the, the um, interview, but she's out there right now. But um, anyways, I have a special needs daughter and I took responsibility for that. I was uh, trying to conceive for five years before I got pregnant with her and I was pregnant. I didn't know it. I went, I went to a wedding. I drank, we celebrated. Then right after that, the next day I flew out and met one of my best friends my husband and I met my one of my best friends and her fiance in California. We did all five day wine tasting where it's amazing. I remember anything we drank. We, oh my goodness, I get home and I find out I'm pregnant. Right. Oh. Like, oh, I hope this didn't cause anything. So, and besides that, I've done research in all of these terrible labs where it's radiation and all these carcinogens. And then on top of that, my mom had a, um, a profoundly mentally retarded brother. So I grew up with that. So you see how my life, my uh, bust off conversation, oh, I'm going to have to come to terms with special needs people mm-hmm. and deal with them and take responsibility for them. So I did. I said, oh, my God, it's all my fault. When I had her, we found out the minute she was born, the minute she was born, well, maybe an hour later, the pediatrician came in and did a well baby check. So she's got a syndrome. He was right. She's got a chromosomal issue. And and I did everything I could, but I took responsibility, went into deep, deep depression. And I said, this is all my fault. I created it. I suffered. I was I was depressed, mm-hmm. really depressed. I did. I took her from therapist to therapist to therapist, everything I think I could do. And then I was a Reiki master. So I would hold her for hours, giving her Reiki when she napped. And um, trying to change her, trying to undo my mistake, right? My, my, what I was trying to take responsibility for this. Suffered, suffered terribly. My mind, I was in my mind. This was before I found this knowledge that's um, in this book. Mm-hmm. Once you do, once you find that, you take that with self love too. You got to give yourself that break and realize you're human. And the bus stop conversation, man, that helps. That really helps. Oh, I'm supposed to deal with this. This is supposed to happen. And then when you take that in, you give it to this energy and it melts it. It smooths and soothes it. And you come out and you're like, okay, everything's perfect in the world, just as it is. And you can do it. Everyone can do that. Everyone can take whatever is causing them to suffer right now and take it into this energy and it will be completely dissolved. We're talking with Dr. Nancy Wiley. Her book is called Divine Trust, and uh, we hope that you'll get a copy. Go to 
TrustTheDivine.com. TrustTheDivine.com. We will be linked to that uh, website as well, and you can find out more about uh, Dr. Nancy Wiley as you uh, continue to listen to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have uh, uh, Dr. Nancy Wiley on the program. I wanted to address the issue of worthiness you, you brought to mind earlier uh, in the program. And uh, just a perspective, uh, specifically from the Christian perspective as a, as a former Catholic. I, I don't even want to say former. Uh, I, I just, I, 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 I'm not a practicing Catholic. I like to put it this way. I finally st- uh, discontinued my practice because I got it right. And uh, I moved on to other things. Uh, I also have to thank uh, a father, uh, or a Monsignor Nanko, who was of the Byzantine rite of the Catholic Church. He would go to houses around the springtime, around Easter, and he would bless the houses. And I was living at that time with my first wife in a trailer. And he came over, and I had a question for him, because it always perplexed me. And all of the the, the stories uh, in history of uh, crucifixions, uh, especially of uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, they would the, the final indignation would be they would strip them naked. They'd be hanging up there without a stitch of clothing. And so uh, I asked my uh, um, the Monsignor when he was over at the house, I says, why is it that, you know, if, it, if it's the truth, that'll, if, if you know the truth and the truth will set you free, why is it that all of the crucifix that I see are, are of Jesus with a loincloth when in fact the final uh, uh, indignation was that of uh, uh, him hanging up there naked? And the man was so honest about it. I couldn't believe he says, well, and this is just his perspective. He says, the reason is because uh, we don't want to upset the sensibilities of the people. And I thought, wait a minute, at the expense of the truth? Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I wanted to talk about this whole aspect of worthiness in reference to uh, a a New Testament passage about be ye perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And I wondered, what the Mm -hmm. heck is that? How do you how do you be? How do you be perfect? You can't. It's not possible. I mean, you know, I can't do everything right or good or uh, all on that one light spectrum as opposed to the dark spectrum. Then I looked at some of the Old Testament passages and it said, I am that I am. Well, of course, uh, the creator, the divine is neither good nor bad, right nor wrong, uh, light or dark. It's just it just the divine just is. And I began to realize that's what it means to be perfect, just to be. And going a little deeper into that, according to the Old Testament, there was going to be a sacrifice made to cleanse uh, the people of what they refer to as original sin. In spite of the fact that in the Old Testament it says that the sins of the Father are passed down to the sins of the Son to seven generations. And I think in the 21st century, uh, it's way past seven generations. So it's not mine. But... This whole plan was set up, which means that the divine God, the Father, if you will, obviously saw us as having value. We were priceless, so he set this scenario up, right, for the sacrifice. This was before the sacrifice we had value. Otherwise, what's the point? You as a parent, you know this. No matter what your child does, you're still going to love that child. And then the sacrifice comes, and now we're, I don't know how you can be beyond priceless, but there you go. We have always had value. We have never not been priceless. 
and I think that's also another message that I think um, you, you, you would probably not really agree with in terms of Catholicism, among other of the Christian sects, is, is the devaluing of us as uh, children of God unless we're saved, unless we have, uh, as the phrase goes, accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And there's another element to that as well. It's a personal relationship. It's none of your business, nor can you, uh, nor will I justify uh, my quote-unquote salvation with you. I don't have to, because it's personal between me and my God. I always found that humorous in that respect. But talk so to us a little question? about the, what, 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 what do you, what do you, because I'm trying the to value. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about uh, uh, us being worthy. We've always been worthy, right? Yes. That's never been not worthy. been. No, it, I don't believe it had anything to, I mean, Jesus showed us the way. He was the example. He brought more light to the planet mm -hmm. to help evolve us. But we were not unworthy before him. And then you said the small, the, your, the divinity within you is perfect. So that's how you started with like, what I'm not perfect. Right. Yes, the divinity within you is absolutely mm -hmm. pure and mm -hmm. innocent and perfect. When you go there, and you see the innocence of everybody and yeah. the okayness of with everyone. You get to that, you get to the zero point as what you were saying. You get to the divinity. Yeah. You are perfect and you are worthy, but we're shown and we're brainwashed through the Catholic Catholic religion that I'm not worthy to receive you and many other things. Yeah. Many other things. If I told you that for years I said, to myself, you know, there's something, there's some elusive limiting belief. Mm, I don't know what it is. I started studying programs and trying to go through like, where is even a program for limiting beliefs? And I found several and I worked on tapping and, you know, clearing out blockages. And then the seven generations you were talking about, that could be, um, genetic framework. It could be collective consciousness. It could be, you know, imprints on your genes from your parents and your, you know, your ancestry, mm -hmm. ancestral clearing. I've gone through ancestral clearing. So there's many things I've gone to try to clear because I feel like we're here, we're all here to help with a collective consciousness, mm -hmm. lack of worth yeah. and, and um, just the general sense of lack and yeah. a lack of abundance. Yeah. And so um, I found different programs. There's a really great one, um, Shelley and Morty Lefkowitz. It's, um, it, it goes through all the limiting beliefs that are laid down when you're a foundation, when you're young. It's, it's a really fantastic. Yeah. And I felt that helped to kind of dissolve a lot of the straws. And then taking this information, anything like lack of worth in going into and giving it to the divine and letting it dissolve it. It's just... It works on yeah. everything, yeah. but you have to bring your consciousness to it. Mm -hmm. So not the brain and the mind, not from that aspect. It's from your consciousness, right? You bring the light of your consciousness while you're aligned with the divine or the creator and it dissolves things. And the next thing, you know, like everything's perfect. There's nothing wrong in the whole world. Wow. <laughs> we want that, right? <laughs> we do. And that is, again, that's going back to a matter of perception and that perception can be created by your divine, by your divine self, by your higher self, by your, as you've already stated, your 
consciousness. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really what we're trying to foster. We're not going to force anybody to do anything they don't want to do. That is not, that's not what this is about. A lot of people seem to think that uh, those who don't tow a particular, a particular line, there's something wrong with them. I mean, when I left the Christian radio station, and even during that period, I became a Baha'i for, for a year and a half. Uh, and then uh, I did an interview with a gentleman who had an organization out of Las Vegas called CAMP, C-A-M-P. This was back in the late 80s, mind you. Christians and Muslims for Peace. Mm. And my boss wanted to hear the interview, so I sent it to him, and he said the very first question out of his mouth, are you a Muslim? <laughs> and I said, no, although I, I would probably uh, disagree, might, might even rephrase that, but I would say, no, uh, I'm just a curious individual. I'm just, mm. I'm very curious. Now, the reason I say uh, that's not necessarily true, because in the Baha'i faith, it says... If you reject one of the messengers of God, you reject them all. And if you accept one of the messengers of God, you accept them all. So I guess you could say that I am a Muslim and I am a Christian and I am a Jew and I yes. am a Buddhist and I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. Try putting no labels on it. And there you Get go. Get rid of the labels. Yeah. What I happens just, then? I just am. I just am. Uh, yeah. That's it. And that's yeah. perfect. And uh, so, so has our conversation here with uh, Dr. Nancy Wiley here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and uh, we're uh, talking with Dr. Nancy Wiley here on Tell Me Your Story. New Paradigms for a New World. Divine Trust is the title of her book, and uh, trusttothedivine.com is the website we will be linked to. And Dr. Nancy, I want to thank you so much for the time you've given us and uh, the insights as well. I know there's so much more that we could talk about, and we will have you back to do just that to talk about more of the work that you are doing and uh, the path that you have uh, walked uh, over the last 40, 50 years, whatever the, the time, time frame is. I mean, I'm 61 and uh, my search, as I like to call it, started when I was uh, probably 17, 16 or 17, when I listened for the very first time since I've listened to it maybe a thousand times. Uh, autobiography of a yogi, which is my metaphysical primer. Uh, and I have it on my phone. And I thought, when I heard Steve Jobs, after his passing, when I heard that he only had one book on his phone, and that was Autobiography of a Yogi, it didn't confirm for me that it was the right book to have. I already knew that. But it's like, wow, somebody else found some good stuff in that too that's wonderful so thank you so much for sharing with us that's one of my favorites too it's in the book that and um just dr joseph murphy um psychology um or i'm forgetting it right now but paramahansa yogananda autobiography of yogi one of my all-time favorite highs yeah. that just expands your mind oh yeah it's in the book too how'd yes. you like to, how'd you like to have that experience where uh <clears throat> where uh lahiri mahashai Hits you on the chest, and now you can see in all directions. You're aware of everything. I've been there. Wow. I've done that. That's that's called unity consciousness. Yeah. 
That is fantastic. Yeah. Oh man. Incredible. (laughs) I have three final questions that I would like to ask you that I ask all of my guests. You may have addressed them some during the program, but I like to ask them directly before I do. I need to talk to you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for watching and listening to tell me your story. New paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We have podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and a whole bunch more that I don't have breath for. Uh, we're also <laughs> we're also on YouTube, and you can subscribe to either of these channels. There's a channel on uh, SoundCloud called Tell Me Your Story, as well as on YouTube. However, there's another. Uh, apparently, there's a second channel called Tell Me Your Story, but I'm the only one with the black hat, and you'll know the difference. <laughs> I guarantee you. Uh, we also hope that uh, you will spend time during the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to spend time listening to the divine, listening to that still small voice in that quiet, peaceful, calm place that will bring you back to center, bring you back to I am, if you will, and uh, get you, maybe if you feel like you've gotten a little off track, it'll get you back on track. Mm -hmm. And then if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And when you go to uh, richarddugan.com, Scroll down just a little bit. You will see a link to that PayPal uh, website. Through that, you will be able to support us financially with whatever amount and just uh, and do what you can. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have helped and those who will help. And um, with all of that being said, we now go to our, uh, our, our lightning round of three final questions. And uh, the first of those three questions is, who is Nancy Wiley. Hmm. Wow. I once did a process with this and we had to keep going until we couldn't say anything more. And the mind becomes still at that point and you become nothing and everything all at once. You know, what if you're so free, you could shed your identity and be nothing. Hmm. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Uh, I'm on a mission (laughs) to create a massive shift in human consciousness. I see it. I see the mission. I'm told the mission. I see it unfolding in front of me. It's like um, just every step is unfolding magically into whatever way it will be. So that's, I know, The only thing is I want to create a massive shift in human consciousness. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Hmm. Uh, Wouldn't it be one and the same? I think just to be, to be. Yeah, that's the hardest thing for me is to just be. Because I'm so in, you know, I'm come from the mind, but just be, be still be. Yeah. Well, Nancy, Dr. Nancy Wiley, again, thank you so much for sharing with us about Divine Trust. We certainly hope, folks, that you will pick up a copy of Divine Trust. It is a practical guide to end suffering. Wouldn't you like to do just that? And then, 
Even more importantly, and I can kind of attest to this when I went back to Phoenix for my sister's memorial back in late uh, uh, April, um, where you can find your way back home. And I have to tell you that uh, as long as I had my family members there, um, my brother, my three other sisters, and my parents, my mother and father, I was home. It didn't matter where I was. So that's that's one aspect for me. That's one uh, way of looking at home. So I hope that you folks will go to her website. Once again, it is called uh, TrustTheDivine.com. And again, the book entitled Trust uh, Divine Trust, a practical guide to ending to end suffering and find your way back home. And I am Richard Dugan, and this has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'm listening.